It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. They, they will just keep telling you we're not putting that out. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> that's how they'll do it. And that's the, like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Okay, anyways, next one. Like, you know, and then and then you get, get so-and-so in the room with you, and they write it. And, and and even though yours is cool, it's just having that person who can take that that song from uh, uh, amateur success to a, a radio single, charting Billboard chart song, right? Um, they take they take that hip hop hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? All right. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I am extremely excited about my next guest. I've been looking at how to pronounce your name, so I'm going to go for it. I Usually I butcher names, so it's Alakai. I, I saw that um, you have to pronounce it differently. I'm going to let you correct me if, if I'm wrong. Maybe it's the accent, but... What's going on, everybody? I'm on, I'm on the official official podcast with my man. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's Alakai. You had a, you had a right. Some people call it Alakai or Aliki and stuff, but it's Alakai, so it's spot on. You got it right, bro. Pronunciation's perfect. Yeah, I've been. I was in my head going, "All right, make sure you get it right." Out of all the names, because, um, yeah, I was just like, I, I get so many names wrong; it's ridiculous. Um, but I'm glad I got yours right. And for everyone else, uh, make sure you check him out. Obviously, uh, most recent project that dropped, "Hours of the Night." Uh, it's a great album, and you've got music videos that are that are popping up. But man, as I said, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Appreciate you, my brother. I'm glad to be here. It's a blessing. It feels like it's been a really busy like 2022 for you. Like you've got multiple projects out there. You you've been really hustling. I can see the music videos. Like you've really been stepping it up this year. Yeah, man. So so really, uh, I got into some weird weird label situation probably like late last year with a, a guy who was basically helping us. He was like acting as a middleman. To, help us get distribution with a pretty big label out here. Nothing wrong with the label. Shout out to the label. I'm not going to put their name here, but we have all the most respect and love for them, but the middle man gave us an issue. So um, it just affected because I had a lot more content out on my distribution platform at the time. And um, I was making all this money and doing all these streams and I wasn't getting access to it because the middle guy was basically not showing face. So um, I still had, was able to access my content. So I stripped all my content down. And I um, honestly, because how the paperwork looked, I had to change my stage name and everything. So um, this year, really, what I, my, my plan was, was kind of just go into the dark and then come back out to the to the world stage with with my new uh, my new stage name or alias, which is really just my government name, which <laughs> is really my government name. So it works out perfect. And it kind of just start dropping uh, newer content with that that related to where I was at currently in life. And also kind of just start playing around with different different sounds of music. I, I used to just do more rap focus and uh, it just started going to more like vocal things and stuff like that. But uh, 
once I dropped the first first content earlier this year, it kind of just translated into this to this big thing where I had a had a following starting to gather around. And uh um I again went back into the dark and I came out with the hours of the night. And that came I, I recorded that, mixed and mastered it. Shout out to Ollie. He's a Bay Area uh, engineer I was working with, but he's based in LA now. And uh he helped with the mastering process. We did that in the span of two months and I released that at the end of October and it's just been up in the air since. So let me ask you this. With regards to that situation, how does that come to play in terms of having a middleman as opposed to dealing directly with the label? I think when when you you know, that's a great question. I think I think when you're dealing, uh I think it's all about how the cards are, are dealt. Right. And I think if you're smart and you know business, that's I advise all artists when it comes to music, making music, creating music. That's the most easiest part. Marketing, challenging, but you can you can get over it. But business is everything. The whole music industry is just really business. It's politics and business. And I I recommend all music artists to understand business. And um, I could just say is that when I when I got in, got into this weird situation with the guy um, who's in the middle, I was younger and I didn't understand business. And what makes the business difference when it comes to getting distribution with the actual label versus just you know going to TuneCore or United Masters is um, it, again a lot more paperwork. There's a percentage taken off, right? And there's a lot more uh, less leeway with everything because it's kind of like. It's still an agreement. You got to reach a certain par, do this and do that. And uh, instead of going directly to the label at the time, because, again, I was much younger. So when I signed this distribution deal, I was part of a rap group. And um, a lot of the guys in the rap group, uh, they're trying to get in with this distribution label out here. And um, <clears throat> they wanted us, but we they found us through basically that middleman guy. And so that middleman guy was technically like an art. He got that artist finder fee type situation, you know, but he kind of cut himself into the contract. And so that being said is that not only was the label getting their cut, now this guy was getting this cut. And so it kind of it got into a weird position. So I recommend artists when it comes to distribution deals and all that to make sure that um, you don't have no subsidiary. You don't have no middleman, you know, go straight to the label. If it's not going to work straight with the label, just go go to United Masters, go to TuneCore. Because it's it's practically the same thing. Um, it's just, you know, when you have somebody like that's a bigger label, you have the face with it, you have the brand attached to your brand. And that, that can solidify um, the appearance even more. But at the end of the day, you know, it's all about um, what's on paper, right? What What's being put, the numbers being put down and calculated and deposited into your account. That's what really matters, you know. You can look rich all you want, but what's on paper is what really matters. So um, I can say the difference between going with the middleman and going to, straight to a label was um, now you have somebody, again, who can who can uh, disrupt and interrupt any flow between you and the label. And that's what that guy kind of acted as. Because, you know, we're like, hey, we're, wait, we're waiting for our deposits. We ain't got our, our check yet. Oh, well, you got to hit the middle guy. Because, you know, he's the one who found you and brought you here. And he's the one who basically gives the green light to us that released the money to you. And that guy was a Sean face. So we're like, well, we're releasing all this music then. Where's all the money going? And then it kind of has gotten to a sticky situation, right? So um, I recommend all artists don't ever do that. <clears throat> Unless it's a very trustworthy person, don't do that, you know. And um, But it's a learning lesson. I'm glad I experienced it. 
I'll tell everybody this. I'm glad I experienced it because now I, I, in that time period of understanding it and the legal, uh, the legal loopholes and all that and how I got kind of uh, went about it, I understand business now, music business. And now when it comes to doing a new contract, because I've talked with Universal Music and Capitol Records in this past two weeks, um, I understand what I'm getting myself into. And I'm down now I'm dealing directly with the label too, instead of, you know, having to go through a loophole to get to that, you know? Yeah. It's interesting because they they must make it sound like they're the only connection that you can have. Like they have this exclusive opportunity. You can't speak with the label directly. You can only go through me. Like you're lucky that you have me to put this connection in and put this good word. Like I'm essentially whispering in the ear of the label to let this make this happen. And without me, it's nothing. And then obviously the more people that you get in the, in the loop, the more percentages you have to give out. So like everyone's got their hands out, whether it's one, two, three, and then you, you know, he's got a team. Everyone has a team and they're looking for money. And so I definitely agree that, when you can do direct business, it's at least easier to tell what is happening. A hundred percent. That's all I can say to that statement right there is a hundred percent. And 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 I say for a long time that's how it felt. Where where it's kind of like, you know, we we could go to them. We I mean the office is down the street, right? We can just go pop up. Um, but but they felt in a way kind of like oh, okay, we have to wait to hear back from this guy in order to do that, you know. And it kind of created created it created this like uh, this weird facade over like you know like it just felt like this was a, a normal like this shouldn't if, in terms of distribution deal and all this this shouldn't be normal even though I can contact their office and I wasn't in contact with them I felt like yeah we can't do anything further unless this guy's here and it kind of felt like it almost felt like you know um, um, kind of like hands behind hands hands tied behind your back situation you know a little bit like. You can watch, you can do, you can sing, you can do all that, but you can't, you can't do anything else. You know, and it's kind of like, oh, okay. You know, so um, it, it's very much as what you just, what you just said. And so let me ask you with regards to like ownership of your own music. And you said you had to change your name and essentially rebrand. Mm-hmm. At the time when you made that decision, what was the feeling like within your team, within yourself? Like that's not an easy decision to make. It, 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 it's not, and um, I think that's a great question. Um, I think I think for for a minute we had a you know one thing again is music's business, right? And I think there was a little bit of a, an emotional attachment to it in, in, in the first instance, right? We felt kind of betrayed. We trusted this guy. We've been around for him and in this in this situation for so long and it just ends like this and I finally started building up a following with the music. People are listening to the music. It's not big numbers, right? It's not Drake numbers, but it's an a de- it's a decent amount of accumulation of, of streams where it made the most money I ever made in my entire career off streaming and just album sales, right? And now I can't con I can't contact the guy to help me receive it. I can't I can't do anything to this is it. Okay. And I think it was it was a little bit of an emotional attachment to the idea, but then again, we realized things like this happen every day to artists. But they don't read their contract right. They don't understand um, 
you know, their obligations of what they need to fulfill. You know, it just it's just, you know, reading the fine lines and details, you know, and um once I kind of understood it and all you could do is kind of just respect it. Not him, but just respect that just that's just how the business works. Um you just know not to put yourself in that situation again. And so our first thing was let's just restart. Let's just restart. And that's that's what I that's what I did and that's why the team wanted to do. Let's just restart. We're just gonna rebrand, restructure, and reapproach. And um and we did that and it, it is and you know, I I feel like it's very God given because in that same instance where I did that, everything kind of catapulted in terms of um in terms of uh again fan fan base, in terms of outreach impact on my music, and just in terms of opportunity. I feel like everything led up to this moment in my life and in my career and that pivotal moment where we switched, you know, because that's what being in the industry is also knowing how to just pivot really easy. Making that quick pivot really was was uh, the best thing we could ever do. You know, um, now we're fully in control of over everything, analytics, data, um, you know, money earnings, everything, monetization process. Um I think, and that's what I recommend to artists too, rather you're at the big label or you're doing everything indie is to make sure you have oversight over everything, you know? Because then you understand it, you understand the business, you understand how marketing works and you understand every level. Um, it's a it's a machine with so many moving parts. It's it's almost like you were a new artist again. Like people would look at your catalog and they'd be like, holy shit, like how have I not heard of this artist before? How is it that like like because when I look at your Spotify, I'm like the only music you've got is from 2022. It's like it's been a busy year, and but in a way that's good because you've got like the background of the history of figuring it out, and now you're coming with a new brand, new name, new history. It just feels like the momentum of 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 the fans is like, oh, this shit is good. Yeah, you know, and, and I. I think it was, you know, because it was an energy put into it. So the project I released earlier this year is new songs on it, but there's a lot of songs that I was able to to get the rights back to. And and I, I, I re-released it on that project. That's why there's so much music on just that first project I released earlier this year. Yeah, because there's 22 kind of, tracks on that. Yeah, 22 tracks, 2022. I didn't realize I even did that, honestly. Until I, came. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do that. Uh, but but you know, I, I put the tracks that were the most streamed that I was able to get back. That was the most streamed, that was the most recognized, that people people became a fan of me for. And I kind of just threw in things that I recorded um last year. That's all really all last year songs I recorded. I kind of just smashed into like one compilation. And I was like, okay, I'm back. And this is new face. Here it is. And um again, because I think the name changed, how we reapproached the marketing position. Um there's a lot of new ears approaching the music now, you know, and, and it felt like, you know, even people who have been here existing, they already existed in this space with me. They even felt like, Oh, who's this guy? Like you said, who's this guy? I've never heard of him. Oh, it's that guy. Wow. I, I like the name change. And, you know, I, um, I think there's a, there's an artist who I, I grew up kind of inspired by and he was an indie artist. Now he's really big. Everybody knows him. His name's Kyle. He had this big song, you know, with Lil Yachty, but, I remember listening to him when uh, he was doing a lot of just indie videos and just kind of like middle school uh, budget with uh, Buff Nerds and he was called KID. And uh, I kind of like, it came back to this weird translation because I remember when I recognized that about him when he did that name switch real quick. And um, 
some content was old, some was new, but it still felt everything felt new about it. You know, you you re-listen to the music in a different way, and um, yeah, I I had a lot of feedback that that's kind of the same occurrence that happened when I did my name switch. So um, it, it's cool that people are experiencing all of it in a new in a new perspective. Yeah, and I I think that the evolution of an artist is the more interesting story anyway. I think when I speak to artists and when people have this hardship story, this this journey of you come into the industry thinking one thing and then you get taught a tough lesson and then you bounce back. You don't let it keep you down. Fans gravitate towards that because you become this figure of you have this underdog status, but you also have this almost mythological power to be, I'm the hero of my own journey and I'm not letting anything stop me. And it's just a cool kind of branding thing that you can play off. I think that you can, you have that part of, you know, I was down and people get inspired by that, that journey of feeling like you're lost and feeling yeah. like you can still come back from that. Yeah, man. I, I feel like I haven't talked to you, man, because these are the things I kind of articulate on already. And, um, I, f- I felt that way, really. I felt like, especially when I started, because I started really with this last project, I started, you know, discovering a whole new sound. I had vocal clip training. And I felt like, again, when I made that pivot, it kind of it kind of felt like that moment in that movie where, you know, the, everything was about to go up and, it, and then the, the shit blew up, right? And then you had to come back and then you go back to the drawing board, right? And and it, will, will, will the protagonist hero give up right now or will he continue on with the quest, right? And uh, and that's how it felt. That's how it felt. And, and it's cool for now because it's part of my story. And now talking about my story, like, you know, with you sharing it with you and on your platform, people can understand that, um, is you know, it's all about really just um, learning to take your losses and making them lessons, right? And then kind of just re- strategizing, you know, going back again, going back to the drawing board. That that's what that's what really being an artist is is just continuously going back to the drawing board. Because even when you become um, a superstar per se, you could just be a one hit superstar, and then you just never have another song again, right? And what makes um, a superstar turn into more of like a, a legend or a household name? over the generations to come, like Michael Jackson or something, is when you keep going back to the drawing board and then you keep bringing back hits. You lose, you have a life situation, you apply to your music, go back to the drawing board, album. Go back to the drawing board, move on with Thriller. Like, you know, and it's just, um, I think that's what makes a, a very successful artist is when you not only learn how to bounce back, but then you, you take your life story and your life lessons and apply it into the music. It just it just it, it makes it makes everything very raw and organic, you know. Yeah, it's like the all is lost moment in a movie. Like every movie, if you fight, look for it, they have that moment of it all seems hopeless. It all seems like you can't. It's impossible. How are they going to bounce back? So you had that moment, and I'm sure you'll probably have other moments as well that feel that way. That's I think that's the the life of an artist of feeling like that. But do you think that artists who do really well and then fall off, is that because they're not critical enough to go back to the drawing board? I think, I think 
that's a, a question and an answer that that has a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of answers to that one actually because you know it's kind of like sometimes I think a lot of people kind of misscrew misscrew or, or misunderstand that these big superstars are just like regular people sometimes you know and like they just go through all these weird things in their regular life or in their head like like a lot of mental health that you know we don't talk about with famous people and, and celebrities and I say I think sometimes when people don't come back it's either they just ran out of ideas. Sometimes they just staff that the life is just in shambles, right? Three, they just don't, they don't like you know, like Drake said, you know, when you stop having fun with it, you're done with it. I think that's a really big thing too. Is people just stop having fun with it, you know. Sometimes it's just their age. Sometimes they're like, oh, it's a young man's sport or a young woman's sport. I don't want to do it no more. And then sometimes it could be a religious change, you know. They find God. They find that they just go on a different walk in their life, right? And I think the, maybe the most important one is just that sometimes it's just the world doesn't want them no more. You know, sometimes they can be doing everything right. They're going back to the drawing board. They're they're making dope videos, and it, it just doesn't hit the same no more. You know, and we we seen that happen with a lot of artists, right? Where they came back, they did this, they never left. Honestly, they never left, but it just never hit the same. It just never hit the same. You know, and um, it's not not that the music's terrible. It's just the world was like, nah, we regurgitated already. Like, you know, <laughs> we're on to the next thing now, you know, and, and those artists kind of feel kind of more left behind. And, uh, but it, it happens. I mean, that's just the business, sadly. Well, I think it, it must be scary to feel that way because you, there is this, this feeling, this, this high that you get from being at the top of your game, getting recognized for everything that you do. And then, it just falling away and you having to cope with it. And I think you're right that what we see is artists break down when they realize they may never reach the heights that they used to reach. Like yeah. they, they start to see the reality of, oh, there is a new generation of artist or new generation of actor or a new generation of whatever. And all of a sudden my fallibility comes back and I realize that what I thought of myself as being irreplaceable is actually not true. You, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. It's a tough pill to swallow in terms of like learning and knowing that, you know, it's weird in terms of like, you know, part of the journey learning and losing is that a lot of people don't realize like for me, like I'm only 25. Right. And I'm just now kind of like starting to break off and, and actually the career is actually about to go, right? But I, people don't realize I've did this already. Like, you know, it's like, so I, I've been making music since I was, I was about, two, like, since I was nine, but like, seriously, since I was like 13, 14. And I was blessed in a situation where my older brother, who's my manager now, um, he was a really big artist in the Bay Area at the time. And uh, he had he had a name going for himself. He was selling out shows and doing all of that. And um, I, I I had a weird home situation where you know I was getting in trouble and I and I got kicked out of my mom's house and I ended up moving with my dad. And this is how I started moving all around the Bay Area and experiencing so many different cultures and stuff like that and uh, different because you know even though the Bay Area is one place, you can go to a different side of the peninsula and it's a whole other lifestyle, whole other feeling. And uh, when I was over here with my dad, that's when I really started making music. 
And my brother was like, well, you make music, like come on tour with me, like come travel with me. And so um, from about 14 to about 19 years old, I was touring, I was traveling, I was experiencing, I was, I got to learn how the music business work, how the music scene worked, how to network, how to go, go, go to the studio, record, uh, record a song, go shoot a professional video, and then bring it to life on the stage, like every part of the process, you know, and, and at, at 19 years old, it just stopped. Like, a, like just everything just stopped. Life kind of happened for my brother and a couple of the people and we just stopped touring and just stopped. Everything just went almost as if like, again, like you were this big superstar that goes just And um, in that time from 19 to about 22 years old, I stopped making music. I stopped doing everything. And I kind of hit that brick wall where it's kind of like, okay, like that was it. That was it right there. That was the high. The high is gone. I'm watching a lot of local artists who I, I, I was ahead of for so long because I was lucky. Now they're they're taking off and they're the hot thing. I'm just sitting back like, if I just would have like did that or did this, and I kind of had that aha moment where I was like, like you said, like you know, oh, okay, I'm not popping no more. This guy's gone. I'm just like I'm I'm extinct. I'm that artifact on the on the shelf now. You know, you blow the book, all the dust comes off. I'm now that you know, and and I had to sit there for a while and kind of just like come to that realization of like this is just music. This happens. Now, if this, if this, if you want this to just be your ending, you can, or it can just be again that moment where it just and all fails. It goes, shh. and um, and um, that that's exactly what happened. I failed. I went up. It blew up again. Came back to the drawing board and went, shh. it went even higher than it did in my entire life and career. So, um, learning lessons, man. Learning lessons. Isn't it funny that at nineteen you're like, it's over. This is it. I, I was my best. At, you know, at 16, that was like the peak of my powers. So it's so funny to listen to that at 19, you, you had that of like going, that's it. I used to be this great artist and now it's all, it's all over. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't mean, and, and in my mind, I thought I did it, but I was like, I was nowhere near it. But you know, you know what it felt like? It felt like a Nickelodeon stars. They're like, you know, they blow up so young, right? And then they peak and they just disappear. That's how I kind of perceived it, right? I was like, I was 14 years old, and I, I just got to see the world up until now, and I was just done. Like, you know, kind of that feeling of, like, you peak too early, you know? That, that's how I felt. That's how I honestly felt. Yeah. I mean, looking back now, over the whole journey, it's been 10 years since you started. So it's it's like I always say to people that, you know, Kanye said it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And when I look at people like you, when I look at a lot of artists, it's so true. It might be eight years, it might be seven, it might be 12 years, but there is something about that window of time that forces you to become what you need to become to get the most out of yourself. I, I, I see, man, we can have conversations more, man. I like having conversations with you because, because <laughs> I feel that's very true. I feel like that's a hundred percent true. I feel like, um, I feel like most of the time, bro, I feel like most of the time in most situations, you're, if you're that one percent where you just, just get lucky, you just, I didn't make music at all. And I just went into the studio and I recorded this 
the hottest number one selling song of the year. You got one percent. Not like even. 90, Not point, even. It, it's like point zero one. Like literally, it, there is no one who goes into the label and makes a banger song straight up. They don't know how, where to find the beats from. They don't know distribution. They don't know anything. Like maybe they get. I think it's more singers. You can probably like rip a beat off, um, off like YouTube, and and you have an amazing voice. But like, let's be honest, for a for Man, like R and B hip hop, it ain't happening. And and honestly, bro, that's that's even a better statistic and a better way to explain it is that unless you're that point oh 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 eight percent, the eight percent, you you aren't you aren't gonna you aren't gonna have a, a hit like that, in in at all at all. But if you stay consistent, you stay consistent, and you're that other ninety nine point five 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 six percent, right? If you stay around a little bit long enough. It will be your turn. And I, I can say that's where that 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 10 year quote comes in, really, is that is that the people who kind of just who who stick around, right? The people who just kind of like, okay, they're just very humble. Like, okay, I'm not, it's not, I'm not, it's not my turn yet. I'm, I'm gonna keep learning. I'm gonna keep networking. And honestly, I'm just gonna allow people to just shine around me, right? That's another thing I I, I can recommend to artists is just being around greatness. You know, that's how you become great, you just be around greatness. And um that's what you do when it's not your turn. Just hang around people that it, it is their turn. Cause then you just learn again. You're just like, okay, they did that wrong. I'm not going to do that. Okay. That's how, that's how he did that. Okay. I'm gonna, you just take notes, you know, you just, just sit, sit back and just take notes. And if you stay around long enough to the party, the, you know, the party starts getting more jumping, you'll be, you'll be your turn to hit the stage. And then next thing you know, the spotlight's on you. And um, I can say that that's the uh, uh, absolute truth, bro. Yeah. I agree. And I think the, the the only caveat that I have with that is it has to be purposeful time. 10 years is not 10 years if you're not doing it like being specific. Okay, I want to get better at this. All right, I fixed that. Now I want to get better at this. Now I want to get better. Okay, we fixed marketing. And then, all right, we've got to fix our visuals. And then you go back to your marketing and you're like, you know how I thought I fixed it? I didn't actually fix it the way I needed to be fixed. So now I've got to redo it. And then I think that's the evolution and and people think all you need to do is just go and make music and then eventually 10 years later it'll be done. But it's not yeah, that. It's no. very specific. I, I mean, I find it with doing the podcast. There's always stuff that I'm I'm like, okay, after this, I'm done. And then I do it and I'm like, I'm so far away from being done. I have other shit that I need to fix I need to fix this. I need to fix that. I need to add this. I need to just, it, it literally feels like a never ending project, but there's something good because I'd never want it to be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. But hey, you know, you know what it feels like? It feels like a, uh, it feels like a consistent work in progress. You know, it's like, there's always something like you said, like, oh, I know it's done. Oh, wait, no, bro. I didn't, I forgot A, B, C, and D. Always oh, done. Oh no, it's that you know, and 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 that that plays the ten, the tenure factor too, bro. Is is again going back to the drawing board, going back to the drawing board, bro. And, and that's, that's cool that even somebody like yourself in a whole different field and in industry saying that, you know, just for any artists who are watching this, even he's saying this right now is that it takes a lot of um, honest, honest, honest crit criticism, right? 
a lot of honest criticism and a lot of throwing things at the wall and knowing that it might not stick. And the weird thing is nobody gives a shit. That's the weirdest yeah. thing. You, you think that people care and they don't care. Like I changed literally probably yesterday, I changed the way I did one of my promo vids. No one, no one says anything, but you just see it, the difference in analytics. And what I've realized is when I level something up, it exposes everything else that needs to be leveled up. So it's like it's a continual process of I level this up. Oh, look at all this other shit that needs to be leveled up. Then you level that up and look at all this other shit. And I think that's what makes you stay hungry and stay consistent is because you're making changes. Because otherwise, what's the point? Man, and I feel that, and I say, if anybody's watching this, listen to what he just said, is that nobody, nobody's paying attention but you. And they won't pay attention until you're on the stage, honestly. And, 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 and it's those moments right there where it's like, do I want to keep doing this? Do does it, does it, is this what I really enjoy doing? Right. And it's, it's in those moments where you find yourself, um, more hungrier than ever if you if you're if you're determined to, to to make something out of it, you know, determined to expand your platform, determined to make your make how people perceive your platform more more up right more more buff, and 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 that's the exercises you're experiencing with losing and learning and losing and learning and going back to the drawing board. It's just you're kind of just exercising your your brand and your platform a lot, and you're doing it. You're you're, you're in the gym doing this while nobody's awake. Uh, nobody's paying attention. Somebody might turn like, "Oh my God, buff!" Look at it, and then walk away, <laughs> and then walk away. And and but hey, but just hearing those tiny comments like that's like, okay, I'm gonna go back and do it again, then you know. And the next thing you know, you turn around, and you have an audience watching you, right? But but it's in those moments where nobody's there and you're in the gym by yourself that makes those like, am I really really want this? And I, I I don't know who I told this to. I had an old friend. He doesn't make music no more, but we were talking about. Because in the Bay Area, at one point in time, there was a huge rap scene. Like everybody wanted to be a rapper, and now being adults, we're, we're all teenagers when it happened. But now being adults and having life responsibilities, uh, I, I, I say a majority of them don't make music no more. And again, I, I told them, uh, you know, it's again like we just discussed. It's in those moments when you're in the gym by yourself. Do I actually want to be a rapper? You know, like am I just following the trend of being a rapper, or actually am I? Do I want to take this serious and? You know, that's a that's another thing I've seen is people are like, I want to be a rapper, and then they get on stage and they're like, oh, this is being a rapper. <laughs> Having to get on actual stage and be, you know, so uh, all I can say is, man, stay in the gym and know that nobody's going to be in, a, in the corner watching you work out. All that leg exercise, all that, all that bench press is all you. Literally. And, you know, they the thing about people is they won't see what you do. They will just see the behavior. And there's this awesome quote that I love and it's first they'll ask why you're doing it and then Mm. they'll ask how did you do it? And the weirdest thing is those people know exactly how you did it. It's because of all those times that they said, why are you getting up at 5am? Why are you not coming here? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And then when you're successful, they're like, hey, how'd you do that? And it's like, you know, all that shit that we've been going through and you've been seeing me do, that's how I did it. There's no like scheme. And 
it's the weirdest thing. I see all these videos on TikTok that's like, how to make $30,000 a month instantly. And it's like, if that shit was real, everyone would be doing it. But that's not the case. They're always like, all right, here's what you got to do. Here's like 40 steps and you got to put in a lot of time. And it's like, oh, yeah, so effort and energy and research. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody else. And honestly, that's that's a weird thing we're living in that time period where that's everywhere. Like, get rich, get rich right away. And if people actually start the course, like, all right, if you go through all 80 pages, by the end of this 80 page, I guarantee you'll be a millionaire. You know, a majority of the chunk, the, the majority of the world in this generation will probably make it to page five or two. And I realize there's too much, there's too much information to dissect and to understand. You got to go buy this. You got to do that. You got to read this book, right? And by page five or 10, people don't want to do that, you know? But then you have those people who do make it to 100, right? And they, and they do make that happen. And I feel like that applies to just everyday regular stuff. Being Having a successful uh, platform, podcast, interview channel, being a successful music artist, being, being a successful athlete. It's not just the right to go at Olympic medals. It's just, it's like, no, you got to be in the gym every day. Be here at 5 a.m. every day. No, no, no. And here's the thing, though. Those athletes, you're competing against other athletes who do the same thing. So there gets a level where the people you compete against are doing the same thing as you. The, The artists that are at the top of their game, they're doing the same thing as you. So it's like, can you perfect it? It's those tiniest little changes that, like, split microsecond that makes a big difference in a race. And it's so crazy to think about that, like, there's one Olympic gold medal. There's one gold. All the other motherfuckers who are there, they all been training for this. Yeah. They've all been training for this, and they've all been hustling. And you guarantee those 10 people in the final race, that 100-meter sprint, They've all been hustling. They've been working hard, but you can't all win it. I think everyone's fortunate in the music industry where it's not just you can't. It's not just one. People listen to m- multiple artists, so like understand that the better you get, the harder the competition gets. Yeah, man, and that split second that split second difference is what makes makes a gold medalist versus a, a silver medalist versus a bronze medalist right there. And it's the same thing with music. That that's what makes a Drake. That's what makes a, a little Mosey. That's what makes a you know what I'm saying. And at the end of the day, the people who win gold, they win gold for a reason. And the staying gold, that's a whole other thing. But staying gold, they stay gold for a reason. You know, consistency, bro. I'd I'd say that's the that's the biggest thing we can we can definitely elaborate on it and understand especially you know knowing how how long you've been doing this for now is is is, is knowing it's just the consistency in it you know it's the consistency yeah, I mean, in it. it's and i look at mine it's only been like i mean i said to you 122 episodes that's one episode a week you can see i haven't missed one week so for anyone that like anyone that asked me the hardest thing about podcasting is actually not this this is the most fun I get to yeah. literally talk to artists and we just chop it up and 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 just align and I get to know people that I respect. The hard part is everything else after this, the editing, the process, making sure every single week I'm editing, I've got it out, and I haven't missed a week for 122 weeks. So that's two and a half years almost. But that's not even close to 10 years. 
So when I put it in perspective like that, and it's really good because every week I'm like, all right, the countdown to 500 is essentially 10 years. So I got to get to 500 before I even hit that. We ain't even close. But yeah. that's why podcasts fail is not because they don't have good concepts, not because they're not good hosts, but because the time that it legitimately takes and the consistency that it takes is a lot. And a lot of podcasts that do well are just celebrity podcasts because they already have a following. And so if you're starting from scratch, you have to be patient enough. Like I look at Joe Rogan. He's done 1,500, like something ridiculous. I don't know exactly, but he he didn't get. He did did how yeah, how many? He, he's done over a thousand, easily over a thousand. Let me see how many he's done. Um, easily over a thousand. So, like, everyone looks at Joe, and so he's sitting on. Well, I think it was like one thousand eight hundred podcasts. I got that YouTube check. Yeah, that's oh, that, that Spotify check. <laughs> yeah, 1,902 currently. He's last 1,900. And he's doing two a week, so to be fair, he's, he's doing two a week. But that's what it takes to be an expert and at the top of your field. And I was like, and I bet he has a whole team to edit his videos and stuff for him too. Oh, for sure. He started making money uh, a while ago, but he didn't become who he is for a long time. No one was listening to his shit. Same as Mark Marin, who's also up there. He's been doing it for a long time. Like all these podcasters who are successful have a bulk of work. Yeah. And, and, and that's another thing I tell artists is that if you're independent, um, you know, some call it the rest formula. And I think really that's, you know, he, he didn't invent it, but he was one of the first ones to kind of just say it openly to do it. It's kind of just dropped. Drop content because at the end of the day, as the indie artist, you're there for the crumbs, right? So if you can do one song that can make five dollars, five dollars a week, another song under ten dollars a week, and another song that is twenty dollars a week, and then you're dropping a hundred of them a year, that eventually snowballs into a cool little, you know, thirty, forty thousand a year, you know. But it's the consistency and having all that content there. It just it all it all just it it doesn't just sit there. I mean, if you're already building a small following gradually over time. And you already have all that content sitting there. It's going to start. It's going to. It's going to start working for you, right? And that's what you got to start doing for your platform and your brand and and your content. Is that eventually over time you got to make it kind of work for you. And um, I think that's a, that's a that's a key to being a successful uh, music artist or just being in the, in the podcast field, bro. Is just having so much content and a huge catalog to dig through. Yeah, and I think I agree. I used to think that. You have to be more purposeful with your content. But now I think the it, the game has changed in the sense of you release something. People don't have to look at it for five years. And then they look at it for five, year, five years later and you get paid for work that you did five years ago. Yep, exactly, bro. Yeah. Also, can we talk about their attention spans? Because <laughs> that, that's another reason. No, make sure it's, it's, it's interesting topics and stuff, but if you try to focus on building too much quality into one thing, it's just like, it's not going to be worth it because, you know, a small statistic out of everybody who's coming to watch this video, if you got to watch the, the view dur- duration, right? How long they actually stayed and watch it to. Most people aren't staying after the first 10 seconds. 
you know? So it's like whoever stays at the first 10 seconds, you know, those are the people who matter, but those are also your fans. But um, again, having having more content that might lead to a longer view duration, that's the, that's the only way you can actually start building um, on that following. So I mean, data, look at the data, because that would tell you right there, instead of trying to work, worry about the quality of the content, just look at also the data and analytics. Because I'll tell you, sometimes people just take five minutes to make a podcast real quick, bro. And that's the one that hits 30 million views, right? You're like, oh, shit. And what are you guys talking about? Oh, we're just talking about how formula is so expensive nowadays. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird subject, weird topic. You never would have thought that that would be the one, right? But, um, you know, just make sure that, you know, the content is interesting at least. And just focus more on, like, you know, again, running the ads, building the fan base, looking at the data and analytics. Hey, I remember I had a video that we were – me and an artist who was dub work, we spoke about him falling asleep at the movies. He got 70,000 views. And I was like, what? <laughs> we didn't even talk about, we didn't even talk about hip hop at all, which is the content of the podcast. We just spoke about him falling asleep and he's like, man, it's like, I just, it's just cold in the room. It feels like I'm just going to bed. That's why I don't go to the movies. I fall asleep every time I go to the, and I'm just, and then everyone was like, me too, man. I fall asleep yeah. and it was just the weirdest thing. Everyone was like, I get that. <laughs> and, and, and that's the one thing I could say. And I recommend to everybody who's in the, who's in creating content, especially like just more video content. And as, as, as talking about situations like that, that's more relatable. It's a, getting a lot more traffic to it. So something like that, everybody's like, Oh, I fell asleep in the movie before, you know, and it's, they're not even there now for the hip hop part. That is there to just talk about, how they had that one memory back 20 years ago when they're with their parents at the movie, you know, and just, and, but now they're like, oh, now I'm just going to subscribe to the channel real quick because they might talk about something else now. I might, I might think so. I can say that's a, that's a really big thing. And it's a random thing that blows up. It's just having relatable content like that, but having relatable ass content like that. Well, that's why I don't plan the questions. Cause like, this is better. This is way better than me planning any questions. You and I finding like getting along like this, Honestly, the the journey of an episode is just me and the artist and me and you figuring out, like, do we actually get along and could we hang out outside of this? And if the answer is yes, the content's going to be dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I think that's what, that's, what, that's what makes podcasts more raw and organic and fun, and that's what gets the traction. It's just natural. Everything's natural. Nothing's forced. When you have it's forced and it feels scripted, People are still watching, but it's more of like, I don't know, it's like a reality TV show now, you know. It's now more of real life, you know. This is real life right here. It's the and first TV time we networks. have a conversation, bro. Yeah. We, I don't know how long we've been talking for, what, like what, 30 minutes or so? We just, we just, we, 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 just we, we went 30 different topics already. But, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, bro, that's, I feel like yeah, when, it's, when it's raw and organic, bro, it's real. It's real well, that's bro. how you talk with your friends. It's like there's no, there's no like, all right, switch topics now. It's just whatever we talk about, we're going to choose a rabbit hole. We're just going to go down that. We're going to find the next one. <laughs> Look at that camera. Look at the camera. Camera A, yeah. camera B. <laughs> yeah. Although, speaking of raw and organic, look at this as a transition. I did watch somewhere that, were you a ghostwriter? Did you ghostwrite for artists as well? Yeah, man. I can't say their names, but... uh you know, I, one thing I can say is you'd be surprised how many people, local artists and they're like big artists, who 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 don't write their own music. 
they don't write their own music. And it's not a bad thing. Because sometimes they have the vo- they have the voice, they have the vocals, they have the looks, but they lack the the the, the ability to 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 put everything on, on, on paper, you know. And uh, I was blessed and fortunate enough to to step in for those people. And uh, yeah, I wrote a lot of music for them. Were they like big, big? You don't have to say the name, but like levels wise, were they would would a lot of people know recognize the names? I say so. Yeah, I say I say yes or no. I say it depends because sometimes I say people's names, and again, it's like unless you're like yeah, like like you're Little Wayne, you're Drake, you're right? It was like those names like that again are household names. So like when I say certain names, we're like I've never heard of them. I'm like wow, really? After they got twenty million views, forty million views, fifty million, you never heard of this person? So I get I can say like well, if you if you understand the music scene, you know where the music's at. Yeah, you know you know who you definitely know who I wrote for them. You know what I'm saying? But if you don't really, if you're not really like in tune to the commercial side of music and, and the accolades of the, those certain artists, you know, you like more of like the underground scene or specific type of genres, you, you probably wouldn't pay attention to these artists. But um, but if you do music, yeah, you, these are these are again by 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 legal agreement, I cannot say that. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> yeah, if you tell me, I'll beep it out. Um. <laughs> It was whole screen goes uh, black. Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, you know, it's funny because I've had this conversation as well. Of, and I, I hear this more and more: is you will be surprised at how many artists don't write their own music, and it's not just in hip hop; it's everywhere. And you know, it makes sense to me because they've become a brand. Like it's a business, as we said at the beginning of the show. It's a business and the companies have a brand to protect. So would you risk it and go, off you go, good luck, maybe you'll make a fire project or do I just guarantee a sound that works and I build the team behind you and, okay, you have input on the outcome, the topics, but ultimately as the label, we just want to create a project that makes money. I I, I think honestly... Uh... You know, I think when it comes to like big record labels and stuff like that, hold on a second. When it comes to like record labels and stuff like that, um, there's a lot more on the line because their money's on the line. Let's just say it's simple like that. Their money is on the line. If you the least least you can do is recoup the money back, right? Um, but when it comes to like artists to really um, invest it in. They don't care if you tell them you can write from here to the moon or you can write for this, this, and this. If they personally don't feel comfortable with your writing capability, even though you have the looks, you have the, the voice, you have this, you do that, they they will not. And also, again, another contract, they, they, they can take advantage of it too. Um, they will not let you write your music. They, they will just keep telling you we're not putting that out. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they would do it. And that's they'd be like, oh yeah, it's cool. Okay, anyways, next one. Like, you know, and then and then you get get so and so in the room with you, they write it, and, and and even though yours is cool, it's just having that person who can take that that song from uh, uh amateur success to a, a radio single charting billboard chart song, right? Um, they take they take that, you know, they take that. So if you have the right people around you, and again, you can't write music. Or your music's not your writing skills aren't all the way up there. Your team will tell you to do it too. 
And honestly, those people want the best for you because at the end of the day, they have bills to pay, right? They want you to be successful. They want to keep doing this. They like the the, the chemistry, right? So um, if they're smart enough and they have a brain too, they, they'll tell you, like, no, do it. You know, because again, so-and-so's doing it and, and so-and-so did that. Don't don't feel like, you know, you know, so. Um, and I think as this, you know, goes right for people, just coming into the room and let them know. It's like, I do this every day and I just want to let you know you're not the only person that's doing this. So don't feel like you're like, you're putting yourself more down there in a way. At the end of the day, when it comes to the music and success, it's all about numbers. The music, the music, the music industry, the real music industry, Hollywood music industry, it's all numbers. So all all that matters to them, and what matters to the world, is 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 the hit that keeps you where you are, and that sells the records, sells the the show tickets, that sells this. They just worry about the numbers, right? All the other stuff is more of just in your head, you know. So let's just sit down. Let's. I, I, I'll still take your ideas. I'll still take your ideas. You want to throw some ideas out here, but like, just let me let me take the lead, and I promise I'll make sure it stays to your image, right? Stay close to what you know how you want people to perceive it and all that. But then, but then, my touch to it will bring it to the that you know next level. Because honestly, that's how I kind of got in the door a lot of places and behind the scenes, which I recommend artists to do. If somebody tells you who's higher up that you have that that golden ticket feel about you, just go in. And that's how I got in the door in a lot of places was just uh, people just complimenting my writing ability. They complimented my writing ability before they complimented my music. Honestly, they never started. I, having this last project that I just dropped is what changed everything because everybody's like, yo, who's this guy now? You know, now it's like, okay, this guy makes, he's going to be the superstar now. But before that, it was just like, he's just a really good writer. And I, I took that. I took advantage of that. I was okay. Let me just step into rooms now. Let me just put my face. Oh yeah, hey, you're that guy who produced that one song for for Little John back then, and you know I'm just nobody to you. But now you remember my face. You remember my face, right? Okay, cool, cool. You remember my name? Cool, cool, cool. I'm here to write for this artist. You know, and it, it's just in that instance that that's what is worth being a ghostwriter in rooms for. And then again, now you understand what's really inside these superstars' heads, bro. You understand what's inside their head, bro. And at the end of the day, it's it's security, but. At the end of the day, it don't matter about the insecurity. What matters is getting those numbers, keeping your platform, putting you in front of the fans because they're paying to see you. They're paying the hard-earned money to come see you, right? And just, give, just giving them a good show. That's what it's about. And, and and if you drop a successful album and you have this whole gap of time to write more music, then, yeah, I won't be around. Write your music then, you know? But <laughs> right now, we're on the clock, you know? We got to go get that Grammy, you know what I'm saying? So I actually have no problem with ghostwriters, though. I have a problem with people pretending like they write their own shit. That's what annoys me. I have no yeah. problem. If you're like, you know what? I got a team and we got together to make the best music we can. I get that. That's the business we're all in. But what I hate more than anything is when artists are like, man, I write my own shit. I'm the best. And then you've got a team of ghost writers and it's like, you misrepresented yourself. And now as a fan, I feel like you've, taken advantage of me and so that's what i don't like is the culture of just silence of you don't tell who ghost writes like i just want an artist to be like i have ghost writers i'm an amazing performer i have an amazing voice that's what i bring to the table the others they bring the other shit yeah it i, I lose a lot of respect for people who who say like basically like they're like yeah bro like i write my own music and it's like no, you don't, right? No, you don't. 
I, I have a lot of respect though for people who like now I write my own music, but like when it comes to making those hits, I have people around me. Because I'm totally for that. Like I, I can say personally myself, there's gonna probably come a point, even though I have writing abilities, I wrote for people where I might just need another uh, another face in the room, right? I might just need somebody who's gonna be like, even if they're not writing, they're just like because I can say that's another thing I've done before. Is just you just you just somebody just has like this roadblock, like you know what I'm saying? Like it's just the the roadblock, writer's block, same thing. But they just it's like the, the, it's just not hitting, right? Something's not clicking, right? And so you just kind of go in a room with them. You got the engineer there, the producer just running the beats up. You just sit there, and you just pitch ideas. Like, you know, and I can say even for myself, I wouldn't mind that when getting when I get to that level is just having somebody there to help pitch you ideas. And I have respect to people who who admit to that because you get to a point where you do shows, you go this, you do that, you do this, where you lack the time to be creative. Some people just still have it. They take five, they're on five minutes going to the next stop. They'll just write a song right there, right? I have that ability, but I can say that when you get to a certain point in it, it gets, you get very burnt out. You know, you get very burnt out. So it's easy to like not feel the, the, uh, it's like something, you know, I say it's like something that has to do with your brain. You know, that's a psychological thing too. But you get so tired of burnt out. You just don't want to create, you know, you just like, it's like, oh, I got to go here, burn this energy here. I got to go here, burn this energy here. Like people are just taking and taking and taking. And, and, and now you don't have nothing to give in terms of your creative, creative ability, you know? So, um, much respect to the people who admit to that they, they, they need help sometimes because, um, it's not it's not a, like a, not a normal thing it's not a normal thing it's funny it reminds me of a date i went on recently and it was not a good date <laughs> let me tell you it did not go well um but we got onto the topic of taylor swift and i don't know for sure this is purely my conjecture and i was just like i i had already at that point realize that this isn't we're not having a second date so i probably did this like a little bit antagonistically um but i was like you know she probably doesn't write her own music right and you should have seen her face you should have seen how upset this made her like it was it was not it became really unpleasant after that but it wouldn't surprise me like yeah but also like i like at that level like you're an investment. Like you, you're so big. Like you are such a big name. Why would a re- and I, this is what I said. I said, why would a record label take a risk to be like, go off, write your own shit. Good luck, fingers crossed. And like, they just wouldn't yeah. do that. I wouldn't do that. It's an investment. Artists are investments to these labels. Yeah, they are, bro. That's that's how I was mentioning into getting writers. That it's a uh, like if if you've done it. Like I said, like. I keep bringing up Drake because you know Drake has had Ghostwriter. He has Ghostwriter camp. But it's not. I'm not snitching here. I I I ain't been in the Ghostwriter camp, but he has Ghostwriter camps. Like you know, like and again, and sometimes they give him, they they throw him some, but really, again, it's more of ideas. But um, I can say though, he writes a lot of his music. Drake writes a lot of his music, and um, somebody like that, it's easier to put more of a bet on when they want to write their own music. You know. Because like oh we 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 signed you we you built your career off of just your own writing ability, you did get help here you did get help here but we know if you wanted just to make a rap album you can rap like you know, but when you have somebody who's who's more of like you you built your career on the backs of writers right, um, it's a liability when you want to go off and do your own thing, 
because like, no, 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 this has always worked. Why you want to do that now? Right. So somebody who's doing arenas and all these huge numbers like Taylor Swift, come on, that's, 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 that's what's, what's logical is, is, is we can't, we, we don't have time to fail Taylor. This is what they say. We don't have f- time to fail Taylor. So do this, do that, go do your tour. Here, here's another $30 million. You know what I'm saying? So. And let's be honest, if I was her, I would let everybody fucking ghostwrite for me and I would go and soak up the fame and I would soak up the money and I would go do my tours and I would live it up. Like, I'm not saying that I would do any different. I'm just saying that, like, I think we have these rose-colored glasses on that um, it's everyone does it except for my favorite artist. It's, that, it's just my favorite artist who doesn't. They're the one. Out of all the top artists who do it, they're the one at the top who doesn't do it. It's like the Tour de France to me. Like if one <laughs> of those dudes is cheating and they're, they're not even winning, all those other dudes in the top 50 are also cheating. You cannot yep, compete. 100%, bro. That's 100%. That's a great example. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's so funny the the things that we choose to believe. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's a it's a facade, you know. It's it's like I, I was just talking to my wife about this the other day, and um, it's like pe- people just have um, a facade about. Again, they don't like. It's weird. Like I I feel like even though we've come to this place as in in, in the music industry in Hollywood in terms of just people. How we perceive the world, like even like my generation, how we perceive the world, we're very aware of things, right? You know, but like it's easy to still forget that these huge celebrities are just like regular people, you know? They're regular people, right? And like, and, and I think when you when you when you consistently forget that, you just create this weird facade over them, like like your date with Taylor Swift, right? It's like she knows she's a real person, like. She eats, she breathes, she eats, like she, she does everything like an old person, right? But like, you just create this facade of them. Like, for instance, like I don't know who I was talking to, and they're talking about like I was I was making the same like you know the same conclusion. I was like like about Post Malone. Right? I was like Post Malone is just a regular person. Like you know when nobody's around, he probably goes and which he does. He goes home and plays on his PlayStation or something, right? <laughs> he's just a regular person. But like in your, I was like in your mind right now, what do you, like what do you think he's doing? It's probably almost like doing like a music video or doing something like that, or so like in your head when people have these facades with superstars, they, that's another thing they they have a facade about is that they're always working, right? I was like, oh, where's Chris Brown at? Well, he's probably practicing a new album right now, or he's 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 doing an interview. Sometimes that is true, but like a lot of chunk of time, these people are just living their regular life, like chilling at the house or with their family. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but that facade can 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 screw a lot of a lot of things. A lot of things, honestly. Do you know what's interesting? Those people, they can't do normal stuff. You know, like they can't go to a store. They can't go to just at a restaurant, walk in and go, hey, can I have a seat? Because they will get mobbed. I saw this video with Stormzy and he was saying like he can't date because he can't go to a restaurant. He can't just like book at a normal restaurant take a random girl and like legitimately want to go on a date because number one, he will get mobbed. And number two, it like blows up that girl's life. 
because everyone's like, who is she going on a date with Stormzy? And then it's like, oh, no, you got to come to the house because I can't leave the house. So it's like the weirdest. I can't imagine navigating that of like, I, we can't even go to a bar anonymously because yeah. everyone no, there's, there's, will know me and you. Yeah, I think maybe I, I, I say like, when I say, I think normal, I think normal, like, it's funny because, yeah, no one to me is like, being a celebrity, but just doing stuff around the house, maybe, yeah. <laughs> or like doing things that are very, like, like, very, like, undisclosed locations, right? But yeah, no, once, once you get to that level, it's like, you know, one thing I've learned because, um, again, I've, I've been behind the scenes a lot. So I see how these people think, right? And I'm like, I'm getting to the point now where locally I'm like that, right? Because, like, again, this buzz has been built for like the last two months from now. I'm just getting to the point where, like, I go somewhere. I was like, "Oh, bro, that's you, bro!" Like you know, but I've I've seen the top level of it, and the top level of it is, it's like you know, I, I just tell people, it's like there's no sense of privacy. Privacy doesn't exist no more, and it's kind of their fault, but it's not right. It's their fault because they opened their life to the world. They they shown their face everywhere in the world, right? But it's not their fault on how people react, you know, like how they interact with you when they see you. And most of the time, again, people have this with facade. So they're like, oh, shit, it's Lil Wayne. Like, it's Stormzy. You're like, oh, yeah, Stormzy. Like, bro, I just played your album in the gym for like three three days in a row. Like, you know, so it's like <laughs> they have this weird facade. And, 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 and again, it misscrews the perception of reality and how they see these people. So it's like, I mean, because even for me, like I was, I can tell, I, I was backstage with like the Cash Money team. Like, uh, I, have, I have a lot of family connections with like the Young Money Cash Money team, and I was backstage with like, like Wagwan Hunting and Tiger, and you know, yeah, Wayne and stuff, and Birdman, like these dudes who I grew up watching. And I, I can say even myself, after being in big rooms and stuff, I was sitting there like, like whoa, like these are like, these, like this, like I just saw you on TMZ, I just saw you in here, and I was like sitting here watching you guys now, and I was just like. It, 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 even for myself, I can say it's a it's a weird like it's like this weird thing your brain can't put together. It's like it's it's, it's a little bit like what they say superstardom, like you know, like you get kind of like oh, it's that person, right? It's a little bit like that. Like for me, it's more dimmed down, you know, because I get the regular people, but um, it's it's, it's 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 still very much like whoa, I'm with these people, like you know, I'm with these people, and these people are like the whole world has their eyes like like hawks on them, you know, and I'm just with them and. You can see a little bit of the paranoia, the more of like, I got to watch who I'm around. I can't turn my back here. Very cautious on what they say and speak because there's cameras out, right? So it's uh, it's it's weird, bro. It's weird. I can't see. I imagine myself meeting these people and I'm like, and I, it would be almost impossible for me not to be like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I've been listening to you for thir- for like 30 years. I've been like waiting to have this opportunity to talk to you and now we're talking and I'm shaking your hand and it's going to be hard for me not to like be a fanboy at that time. It's 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 man. I still to this day, bro. I man, I I think the first celebrity I seen a person like that for me was E40. And E40 like you know who E40 is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that was like the first celebrity because we opened up for him and that felt like so much bigger than life. This was before I started getting to like the Hollywood scene. And I remember that felt so like bigger than life scene. You know? I was like, like, bro, like my whole childhood. Like I remember watching, watching the first ever video when I learned about you. And I was like five years old, six years old. 
sitting on my couch watching you on TV and tell me when a girl came on on MTV, like, like seeing you. And it's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, bro. It's like, you see them bigger than life, especially when you see them on a TV screen. You know, it's like, it's like, if I saw Harrison Ford or Robert De Niro in person, it's like, you're, you, even though they're right here in person, you put them like, like, you know, it's like, oh, it's just like the Godfather right here in front of me, bro. It's like, you know. And you imagine <laughs> yeah. them like six, five. Like you yeah, imagine them huge. Like you imagine these, and I think I think female celebrities get this a lot. It's like, holy shit, you're like five two. I think Lady Gaga was like five two. Everyone's like, you're so short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not that I can say that personally, bros. I've met a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of people who I've met in person and stuff like that. They're uh, I don't know if it's the camera angle, the shooting up or something. I don't know, but they're not. They're not. Some of them are pretty small, man. You'd be surprised. Like, I don't want to name some, but I can say some people I was with that I've just named. They was, they was not that tall, bro. And I was like, oh damn, like why? Like it just seemed like you're so much taller on TV, but but you, you know, Google I met them some, anyway. Yeah, it's not like you're <laughs> gonna be re- releasing something that nobody knows. Like people see these people. Yeah, I was like sometimes, but you know, Google be lying sometimes. They'd be like, yeah, he's like. Five six, five seven. You get a person. He's like six foot. You're like, what the hell? Google <laughs> <laughs> lied. Somebody changed the Wikipedia thing. <laughs> I should have worn my Vegas shoes today. I still wear Vegas shoes today. <laughs> yeah, you got to wear the uh, the Timberlands. They got a nice a nice boot on them. Yeah, uh, I got to wear it. put some put some uh, some compressions at the bottom, but make me an inch taller or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I only have one more question for you. Uh, and uh, this is the only question that I plan on the show. So I did lie when I said I'm plan any questions, uh, but it's probably uh, going to be. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so funny if you did. I'd be like that's the first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's probably going to be the hardest question, uh, probably because I put thought into it. But if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, can be any genre of music, cannot be your own music, what would it be? Damn it. Give me me, damn it. <laughs> Man, I know. I know artists well enough to know that everyone would be like, my shit, if you ask me what's one podcast you should listen to, it's like, uh, yeah, it's mine. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, exactly. You, gotta, you know what I'm saying? We're here. We got to promote ourselves. We are our biggest fans. Now, uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's That's a... That's a hard one. I I couldn't even say a specific album because, like, for me, I just like, especially when my parents go to, I listen to like so much music, bro. Like, like it wasn't like I can't even say all that. I can't even say all that. Can I say? Can I just say top top five artists? Top five artists I recommend. No, no go for go for the album. I know it's hard. Like, trust me, I get it. Um, but. Like, the, is there an album that you think just it doesn't have to be the best album, but it's an album that everyone should appreciate and should listen to, like take the time? Because I think some of the best albums have specific sounds, and you need to get attuned to it. But there are albums that everybody should like just check out. I I think I think uh, I think uh, if I had to like I, I I could say this thing like I could say maybe like one album that changed like my perspective of creating music, uh, just everything about music. Uh, 
I have three albums coming to mind right now, but I'm trying to narrow them down. Uh, I'd, say, I'd probably have this. Okay, I, if, if I had to say I, when I listened to the album, like I was probably 14, 15 when I heard the album. And I can say it still has an impact on how I make music because it was just such a masterpiece. And I watched this artist like go from zero to 100, like, because I watched them before they did this album. It was, it was probably Good Kid Mad City. Love Good that. Kid and it was just like, because you know what? I think that was the first project I listened to. And I and I, I I watched it in my head when I when I listened to it. If that makes any sense, I watched. I was watching a movie in my head when I heard the and I played the whole album. And I remember I was just sitting there like, bro, I'm I'm watching a movie right now, like you know. And I've heard other artists like The Weeknd. He did that with his last project. I think uh, it was uh, I don't know. It was it was the one right after Starboy. I forgot the name of it. But uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. But, but he was another artist when I heard the whole thing. I, like I played the whole album through, and I was like, "Fucking!" I heard. I saw a whole movie in my head, you know. And it only happens small occurrences, right? But I think that just changed my whole perspective of making music because I think it just like I feel like there's the the music during that time period, 20, 2011 to twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. It just raised a higher frequency in terms of how people listen to music. I feel like, and the people who are outputting the music. And uh, Kendrick Lamar is one of them. And Good Kid, Mad City, just like, I was like, okay, music should be composed a certain way, even though if the song isn't about lyricism, the lyricism still matters. Take people on a journey where you can play the album front to back, back to front, and it'll still be like, you still have the same awe about it, right? So I could say Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah, Good Kid, Mad City. And I feel like that's an album artists should study. That's a that's a that's a class right there. <laughs> I actually think it's underrated. Yeah, like, very. Because that's my favorite Kendrick project, Good Kid, Mad yeah. City. Like he does some great things, but I still think that one it just feels really good to listen to. I've, I'm actually going to his show uh, next week, so he's coming down to Australia. But um, I'm so keen. Um, but yeah. I I also just think it was just such a good project. And that and Drake's, if you're reading this, it's too late during that time period. Cannot agree more. It like just changed the way music was perceived. Yeah. Honestly, when I heard talk about Drake and I, when I heard nothing was the same, I might've been 20, early 2012. I heard that. That was another album. I think I heard, I was like, like, wow, this is music. Like this is music. When you can listen to it, you feel a certain way you see it. Special, but I, f- I feel like if I had to put it in like top 10 albums of ever, I'll put Ken- Kendrick is definitely that good kid, Mass Lady's in the top 10. I, I would have to say Get Rich, Get Rich and Die Tries out there too. 50 Cent made it, made it, made crazy that Get Rich and Die Tries. Everybody wanted to wear do rags after that. <laughs> well, you don't have to tell me that was the first album I ever listened to, Get Rich or Die really? Trying. It was the really? thing that broke my mind. It was like, it just broke my, I don't, I'd never heard hip hop like like I just never heard I and I was I was born in 94 so I'm 28 so I was like what was it it came out 2003 so I was 9 and it just broke my mind like I became obsessed with it and then the massacre came out and that's all I listened I just I used to fall asleep to get Richard Die Trying and it was <laughs> ridiculous like I just I just it just hit me in the right way it started the journey Right, you know what's crazy? I can say that me personally, that was the first rap album where I listened to it and I was like, this is why I like rap music. Like, 
Just get rich or die trying. And especially came with the video game and the movie. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, bulletproof. Oh, we had that. My mom was not pleased that we wanted it, but but we got it. And got then it. we Yeah, we got some cheat codes and stuff and like you know, you get that shot and you get it in the head and it just like zooms in on the hollow yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that was crazy, bro. We could say that was for our generation. I don't even know, by the way, I don't even know you was 28, bro. You look, you look 32, 33, but it's cool, though. Yeah, I get that a lot. This ain't white, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm 97. My brother's 93. So he's like, you know, the same little time gap right there. But, but our generation, we got to say that we had freaking get rich and die trying to, yeah, like a, we had a rapper on a video game. Like what? Besides Fight Club, you know, like when, when Dev Jam, Dev Jam, Fight Club, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I was another, no, you, you pick your favorite rapper. You had Ludacris, you know what I'm saying? You had Sean Paul, give me the line, and then sock you in the face. Like, <laughs> and, uh, Isn't it, it funny I, though? When you're playing Bulletproof, you're like, I want to be 50 Cent. And you're like, all right, I'll be, I'll be Young Buck or Lloyd Banks. And it's like, they're amazing artists, but everyone wants to be 50. I'll be 50. Everybody want the, you know, the, the small little guy, you know what I'm saying? Got the bulletproof vest on, hat turned like this. Everybody yeah. want all, <laughs> Matter of fact, I started, I remember I started doing that. I started wearing my do-rag and my head sideways and everywhere like this. I'm like. Yeah, I never wore a do-rag. Yeah. my That definitely. Definitely wouldn't have worked for me at my school. Like <laughs> I was like one of like four people who liked hip hop. It would never happen. What what about Slim Shady? How was Slim Shady when it popped up over there? Big. Slim Shady, like Eminem is arguably the biggest touring act in Australia. He really? sells out our biggest stadium. The MCG holds a hundred thousand people. He sells it out. Like Jeez. completely. He he right, is the only one to sell it out. Yeah, I bet, bro. That's fucking Slim Shady. You can't go wrong. That's another artist, Slim Shady, early two thousands, early two thousands. That boy when he came on, when I, when I heard that MTV came on, and then there was a hundred verses of him. That was, <laughs> that's what it was on. Yeah, that was on right there. Yeah, I've been to his show a couple of times, and it goes off. People love Eminem. Like they just turn out for him. Like it is ridiculous. We don't even have enough equipment for the show that he needs. I think they have to import it over just for his own show. Like, we don't have it here in Australia. They have to bring it over with him. But, like, yeah, the amount of money he must be making on those tours. I bet. I bet. Like, he got the money to import all that, too. Matter of fact, he's not even paying for nothing. That's all. That's all. <laughs> it's all covered. That's all comped. Matter of fact, talk about tour money. You know, the weekend, listen, the weekend makes, makes $20 million a night or something like that. All those arena tours, the weekend makes $20 million a night. So I can only imagine Eminem when he make. So yeah, hey man, yeah. we on the way there though. We on the way there. We on the way there, and I'm looking forward to you coming down. And everybody else, make sure you check out Alakai. I made sure I got the name right. Um, check him out on Spotify. Obviously, most recent project, Hours of the Night, just dropped. He's got YouTube videos which are awesome. Check him out on Instagram as well but man super exciting to see where you're at and what your future is looking like and we'll definitely have to do this again hopefully next time in person oh man yeah hopefully, hopefully, if everything go right man i should i should be at your studio or wherever you should bro. i should be there by the same time next year bro we're gonna, we gonna pop up there we're gonna have to we got to look back at this video and, and, and see how far it can yeah we're gonna have to take a like a photo like a for real photo that's 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 something I'm looking forward to is like taking photos with guests. It feels so weird because it feels like oh, 
we'd be like we'd be good friends and then we're, we're over zoom so um yeah man i'm looking forward to it definitely have to do this again yeah but it's a lifelong friendship we're gonna make here bro. i'm gonna just start bringing you out to my shows if i start doing them out there so hey you don't have to ask me twice i'm gonna be like hey remember me remember you said that you, you invite me to your shows <laughs> I'm gonna need a fact, I'm gonna need back stage patches. I don't need passes, hey, just no, me. Fuck my friends. You back <laughs> no, bring <laughs> you know you have to come backstage with the passes, but trust me, I'm what I'm working on right now is gonna it's gonna happen. Just make sure you're ready to slide through, man. We gonna we gonna get that we're gonna get that interview part two. We're gonna get that picture and we're gonna turn up. Sounds good. Honestly, I cannot wait. I'm already like Come on, happen soon. (laughs) (laughs) My brother, I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you for letting me on your platform. And I feel like what you're doing, bro, is is, is, is changing the game, especially knowing where you are, your location. I I feel like, you know, you're creating a platform and a a brand that's about to go to the stars, bro. No, I appreciate it. And, you know, I couldn't do it without people like you. So, you know, the time that you all give me just makes it happen. Hey, man, great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.